Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of Kramer Basketball and the Coach's Edge. And man, it feels good to be back at the crib recording episodes with great coaches from the college and high school level. And today's episode is no different. Greg Mitchell of Hope College Men's Basketball. He spent 25 years as a high school varsity boys coach. He's got numerous Michigan high school coach of the year awards. He's entering his eighth season as the Hope men's basketball coach. He's coached him up to a handful of league titles during his time there. In this episode, he really talks about his coaching philosophy, building trust, the acronym GRIT, and what that stands for and how he tries to emphasize that consistently throughout the course of the year with all of his players. This is a phenomenal episode. So if if you enjoy this, be sure to share it out with somebody, leave a positive rating and review, and a special thank you to Coach Mitchell for spending the time uh, on the Coach's Edge today. He's somebody that I really look up to and I admire, and we're just really fortunate to have him on the show. Let's get to it. Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles. With one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, our truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were going to take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. I'd like to give a warm Coach's Edge and Hope Basketball welcome to head men's basketball coach, Greg Mitchell. Coach, thanks for being on the podcast. You bet, Cram. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Been meaning to have you on for a while now, and uh, everything timed out perfectly. And I'm um, excited to chat with you about um, kind of your, you know, your your history. Um, give our listeners a chance to learn a little bit from you as we really dig into some of your coaching philosophy and some of the things that you're passionate about. Um, you do a great job. You know, I love hearing your stuff. Um, you know coming from, you know, a lot of people listen to our podcast and y'all should know this is somebody that I highly respect and, and that I look up to. So I'm excited to, to get after it in, in this interview. So coach, we'll, we'll start off right away. You were a high school basketball coach for 25 years, and then you transitioned to coaching at the at the college level, division three, Hope basketball in Holland, Michigan. What was the biggest transition from high school to college? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, the biggest difference is just time, in all honesty. Um, I, I thought I was busy back, you know, at the, at the high school level with, uh, you know, the basically a seven-day-a-week commitment, whether it's in the gym, four-player workouts, one-player workouts, youth leagues, everything, the, the season, the out-of-season, but nothing like the college level with, with just the recruiting demands and um, all that goes in with that. I absolutely love it. Um, it's it's different. It's very different. There's a a far uh, less margin for error at, at the at the college level for obvious reasons. The pace is quicker, but I mean basketball is still basketball, and and it's you know I'm just fortunate to do something I love at a place I love so dearly, 
I uh, love my time at Langsburg, but um, it's almost like I'm, I'm in a, on a heavenly place here being able to coach at Hope. Uh, absolutely uh, fortunate to be here. It's a special place, no, no doubt about that. Um, what would be, would be the biggest difference between high school basketball to college basketball, whether that's you know, in season, out of season, you mentioned the recruiting, maybe there's something with the players. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the couple of things I touched on would be different is just, I mean, the game itself, the pace, obviously, the players are so much better. And, you you, you, um, you know, if you break down, whether it's coaching or, or, or playing, if there's a breakdown, the other team's going to take advantage of it. At the high school level, that, that didn't happen nearly as much. But, you know, honestly, the biggest difference, which is still something I struggle with, is, um, you know, the, the lack of contact time I get with my players in the offseason. Uh, you know, Division Three, we're, we're not allowed to do anything with a ball with our players outside of October 15th to the uh, end of the national tournament. And that's just difficult. Uh, you know, I was a guy that was in the gym every day working out kids, you know, with, with the exception of maybe dead week. And so that, that's, yeah, I, it's something that's taken some getting used to. I understand it. I understand the, you know, you're going to err on the side of the student athlete model and, and Division Three is different than Division Two and Division One. Um but that's been the biggest challenge because I want to be with my guys and build those relationships and help them succeed. We've got to do it a little bit differently. Um, but by far, that's the, that's the biggest change that, um, that I guess I don't, you know, I don't ever want to have to get comfortable with that, but you got to accept it. Yeah. And that's probably something that I think most um, people that are listening might not realize is that the rules at the division three level um, don't allow for that basketball contact in the off season. And um yeah, that's a huge, huge difference. You want to build the relationships, you want to build skill level and, and all those things. Yep. And you just don't get the chance to chance to do it. Um, no, we, we don't. I guess I was gonna add to that. It just makes it different though, because then you just gotta become a you know, a master texter, phone call guy, communicator, yeah. uh, you know, meet with guys when you can. It, it's just it is different without a ball, but but those are you know, those are the ways we've just got to connect with our guys for sure. Absolutely. Coach, um, as we were emailing back and forth. You talked a little bit about some of your coaching philosophy and what makes, you know, hope basketball, hope basketball, and what makes you, you, as far as a team that you're coaching, the program that you're working with. And so I really want to spend some time in this episode to dive into that. I know as coaches that are listening, we can learn a lot. So um, we'll, we'll take a deep dive as we go, but could you just kind of give an overview of what your coaching philosophy is? You bet. You bet. And, and I think it's always ongoing. Uh, this is yeah. going to be my 32nd year of coaching, which is amazing to me. And, um, you know, I, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to evolve and figure things out. And that's why, you know, listening to podcasts like yours and or just, you know, taking a deep dive on YouTube or, or whatever. It might be a, a, a Twitter post. There's always something to gain. But, you know, I was fortunate enough to be coached by um, – two absolutely amazing individuals. Uh, Stan Stoltz was a, a Hall of Fame high school coach, um, you know, took us to two state, two straight state championships. And then I, I coached, or I played, excuse me, for Coach Van Weeren here at Hope. Both very different, but I think encompass some hallmarks in them that I feel like I've adopted. And without question, uh, they're, they're team first coaches. And, and I know that's probably generic and something we all aspire to, to describe our programs as, but I, I think that's, who I am. I think I'm a, I don't care who, you know, who scores and statistically those things aren't, aren't, aren't a great concern of mine. I want our players to just completely trust in the team framework. Um, 
you know, and, and believe in, in the we. Um, and that, of course, starts with building great relationships and, and having that trust. So, you know, essentially, we have a, like a, a genuine belief in our culture. And I think when you have a belief in your culture, which we certainly did at Okemos when I was growing up, and then we certainly did at Hope when I played for Coach McLaren, um, you have a chance of finding your potential because I think you you walk into practice, you walk in the gym knowing everybody else is more important than you, but yet you want to work so hard for those other guys. You don't want to let them down. You want to remain accountable accountable to that standard of of, of team. And um, I think it's the you know a, a great approach. I think it's the great equalizer. Uh, sometimes you might not have as much talent as another team. But if you truly have that that uh, uh, servant leader mentality, I guess within the framework of your team, you've got a chance at uh, at reaching your potential. So uh, credit to both those two guys for feeding me that uh, starting at a very young age, and, and I still feel like that's something we carry on here at Hope. I absolutely love that, and you you touched on relationships, and you touched on trust, and many other aspects. But I just think of the successful teams that I played on at any different level. And that was something that every team had in common, where you look to your left, you look to your right, and you trust that guy next to you, right? That, that they have those same interests going into that next game or that season that you have. And uh, man, that's a comforting feeling to, to go into a game or a season and to play free, to, to be yourself and, and to just go hard um, because you're not, you're on the same, on the same page. And as we dig into that, what's, what do you think is is the true key to a team being able to fulfill that potential? Maybe you already said it. So how, how do you go about that? Yeah, yeah I, I think, you know, I, I love your assessment of, of it being a comfortable feeling because you know, at the college level, it's often hard to be comfortable because everybody was obviously the man at their high school. And now you've got to sacrifice that when you come to a, a college program and, and find comfort. And that's not easy. Um, so I think to answer that, I, I, I just go to the, the value of trust. I think when you, when you really trust that guy, as you mentioned, you know, you kind of look to your left, look to your right, you know, catch eyes with somebody else. And you have that, that confident, unspoken nod, uh, of just trust. It's, um, it's where it all starts. And, and I think when you have that, you've got a plan, you've got to focus, you're, you're kind of on that same page. And, uh, you know, when we put that value of trust in each other in 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 their coaches in the culture uh, to me it just results in a sense of pride and and when that's the case and you're playing for the, those like for us the four letters on our chest uh, it takes the pressure off that's where you find comfort and I think within that you find humility because again humility is when you're putting others ahead of yourself um, and so you know yeah that, that that builds trust that leads to greater trust it galvanizes the team and and then I think you just get out of each other's way and you love the game and you just compete with a greater vigor because there really is no pressure. I'm, I'm not worried about my stat line. I'm not worried if I'm starting. I'm not worried about anything but playing for that guy next to me. And that's a that's a pretty powerful feeling. You know, the most fun I ever had playing basketball in my whole life was my third year playing basketball overseas. I was the sixth man on the team. I played between 15 and 20 minutes a game. And I mean, I had started or been one of the main guys my whole life and then going on and playing on that team. And I'm not ashamed to say like those guys that were starting, they deserve to start. They were better players than me. I've never had so much fun 
right? We, we, I mean, just everybody wanted to see each other succeed. And to your point, as a high school player coming in, that's a big transition, right? When, when you go in and you're getting the most shots and the most minutes and, and now you're not. Um, but if you can make that transition and, and start to, you know, put that we before the me, I talked about the comfort. It just gets more fun. Uh-huh. Basketball is more fun that way. And it, it's just a, it's a great feeling when, um, when it's not just about your success, but when you see other people start to be successful and you get excited for that, I mean, that's a really cool feeling. And then that's when teams, I think, really start to really start to take off, um, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool as well. Yeah, you're, you're so right. And I, I love it that, you know, the, the decorated career that you have had and you can point out that, Hey, it was coming off the bench is where I had the most joy. And I think that's great for players to hear. It's great for coaches to hear that are listening to the, to the podcast, because uh, it's just one of those special feelings that opens the, opens the door of, of potential and, and enjoyment, as you mentioned, and it is not easy. You know, we're in a me driven world. I think, you know, the, the, the Twitter world or whatever, and just the posts and the stats and the, you know, everything is celebrated online with everybody. And so it's really, really hard for a player to swallow his pride and, and check his ego at the door when you get to that level where, okay, now I'm, I'm barely making a roster. I'm coming off the bench. I'm, you know, I, I might have to sacrifice two and a half years to really find the, the floor. That is not easy. And uh, certainly something that needs to be remembered and honored and valued and, uh, and appreciated. Especially especially in a game where it was sports, it's so mental, right? And so that, that yeah. line between being confident and arrogant at times can be pretty thin, right? And, um, you know, I, I should say this, I th- arrogance, I think, is when you impose your confidence on other people in a negative way. And so if, if, if you're not doing that, that's good, but you can get yeah. over confident. But if you lose some of that confidence, now you're not going to perform well. And I mean, that's, that's the right. difference between winning and losing or, or, you know, you getting some more minutes in a game. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's just such a fine line and, and that's why it's sports. I mean, that's why, yeah. you know, we all, we all love to play. Um, yeah, this has been, this has been good. What are, what are some other things that you really try to emphasize with your program and your guys? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing for us is we, we talk about, a, you know, a, a gritty mindset. We use the term grit a lot, which is a common term, but, you know, we, we broke that down into um, basically an acronym. I mean, it's, it's greatness, resilience, intensity, and, and toughness. And I guess the, the, uh, the last three letters is really what I like to see out of my players, whether it was my high school players or our hope guys. And I think if you have a resilient mindset that you just never quit, you, you never back down, you're all about finishing. Um, that's so critical. I mean, the, basketball is such an imperfect game. Um, and if you don't have a, a play present mentality, uh, it's just the game gets away from him. I think that's another big difference between the high school level and the college level is the length of the game. I mean, 40 minutes seems like such a long time. A high school game, you can go on a big run in a quarter and a half and the team's not going to catch you. And at the college level, I mean, they're, they're so talented and the game is so long. Um, you just have to have that resilient mentality. And so, yeah, I think resiliency and, and just I mean, intensity uh, is another key piece that I, I like to uh, see our attributes of our guys. And that's just being super, super competitive. Everything you do. I mean, you like, I challenge our guys that when we, they get on that, I always call it, you know, our gym is it's a, it's a parquet floor and just that, 
that uh, parquet rectangle, you step across those lines, something has to flip. So some switch has to be, be flicked that, you know, regardless of what your day was like, um, you, you find that competitive juice because that's the only way, again, we're gonna, we're gonna find our potential and maximize who we can be. So that intensity piece is, is, is critical. And I think toughness is related to it. Um, but I think I really like, you know, when I, when I think about toughness, I, I obviously think about, you know, Jay Bills' article. I don't, I don't think I've ever invented anything myself. I, you just borrow and, and, and steal and celebrate great stuff that's out there. And, and Jay Billis's article on toughness, and he, of course, wrote the book, was phenomenal. Um, for me, I think that comes in, the, the simple part of that is, is winning the 50-50 battles, whether it's a loose ball, free ball, rebound, um, and, uh, and, and taking care of the ball, you know, making sure that you, you prize each possession, uh, that, that to me, you know, you have a resilient mindset, you're competitively intense and you just, you watch a team and you say, man, that is a tough team. They, they enjoy every single possession. They want the free balls. They're willing to put their body on the line and take a charge to win the possession battle. Um, I, I think any team that is that, uh, is, you know, that's a great compliment from a coaching perspective. And I'm not saying our guys are always that way, but those are certainly terms that we try to ingrain in our guys and our practices. And obviously when we take the floor uh, for games. Oh, those are great. Those are fantastic characteristics. And I think if, if we can have some of those characteristics, not just in basketball, but in life, mm. it's win-win. Um, yeah. No doubt about that. Um, because it's not all highs and lows. And so like that first one, resilience, you know, and like when we had Hope Basketball Camp a couple uh, weeks ago or a week ago, whatever it was, and you introduced me, and it sounds all sunshine and rainbows, right, when you induced me to come and speak to the kids. But uh -huh. we, all, we all know if you've been in it, that's not the way it goes. I mean, it's a roller coaster, right? As a player, as a coach, there's highs, there's lows, but the ability to be resilient in some of those peaks and those valleys so you can play present, as you said, so you can stay okay. steady and, you know, be reliable to that guy to the right and to the left, no matter yeah. the way things are going is huge, huge, huge. Can't emphasize that, that enough. Yeah. So the, these words are great. Love the acronym. So now I'm curious, how do you go about, you know, kind of reminding your guys of these characteristics throughout the course of the season? Because different from high school basketball as well. Once that season starts, it's a long season. You know, I mean, you're, you start in October, most programs starting in November, and then you're playing until you lose. Yeah. How do you go about continuing to keep that fresh um, and at the forefront of players' minds throughout the year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and of course the first letter in, in grid is the G and that's greatness. And that's really where it starts for us. Like, it's on our wall uh, in the locker room. It's, it's something we talk about often. And, and we talk about greatness. That's just being a great person. I mean, it's almost like a, I heard the term one time, you know, try to be a raving gentleman. Um, and and I, I talk about that as a student, as a, as a man, um, you know, as a, as a hope basketball player walking our, our campus. Just, just choose to be great. I mean, hold doors for others. Thank the lunch ladies uh, when they serve you food. Um, you know, whatever it takes, just, just be kind because it's 100% under your control. And I just feel we have a, a great responsibility on our campus. You know, Hope is known as a place that um, people take care of each other. You know, people love each other. Uh, there's a great tradition 
that hope. Uh, it's a vibe that our, our visitors feel when, when recruits come and families come. And I just want our guys to fall into that. So we remind them and we, we talk about it. You know, another uh, statement or document I borrowed was one of, one of the first clinics I went to. Uh, I saw Don Meyer speak when he was at, at David Lipscomb and he had the definite dozen uh, on for his, his basketball program, the definite dozen of Lipscomb basketball. And I, I talked to him after that clinic and asked if I could borrow. And he said, oh my gosh, yes, everything I, I, I do, I want you to borrow. And so I use that at the high school level and at the college level. And it's basically um, 12 items, you know, to, to four to play here, four to stay here, and four to win here. And again, those are on our locker room wall. And, and, and those are all about just being great. Nothing difficult, just choosing day in and day out how to carry yourself um, essentially with a servant leadership mindset. And I think that's the hope way. I think that's the way we want to be uh, win or lose. You know, we're, we're, like I mentioned, we're in 100% control out of those choices that we make on, on the daily. And I think when you get a talented team that has that mindset, um, boy, look out. It, it certainly makes for finding success. And again, finding that, uh, ultimate potential much much easier i absolutely love love that greatness be a great person i've heard i listen to the school of greatness podcast i don't know if you've heard of it and at, at the end of that one oftentimes the host asks whoever he's interviewing what's your definition of greatness and i've probably listened to 100 episodes not one person i've heard give that answer but that might be the best one that that i've ever heard greatness be a great person um, I love that. And there's a ton of carryover into other areas of, of life as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of your, your team and, and the development? Um, I know coaches are going to be curious. What are some of the main things that you try to focus on with your guys? Um, maybe it's more of a, a strategy or maybe it's more of a skill development or athletic development, whatever that might be outside of the coaching philosophy, especially as you uh, get your hands on them during the season? Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so unique um, because like with us, the off season is long and players can change so much. You know, at, at the college level, there's a big um, noticeable change for the guys that truly buy in. There's a freshman to sophomore jump. It's a physical jump. It's a, it's a mental jump. Um, and so we really try to harness that. And that's really difficult because it goes back to my biggest frustration is I'm not with them. You know, they all go home for the summer. We can, we can give them workout suggestions, but we can't track them. We can't keep track and we can't have them send the results to us. We just kind of, here you go. And so for us, the biggest thing is to stay connected and motivate them. And you know, I like to send them anything I can find on, on Twitter or YouTube that's inspiring. And I, I send them your stuff. I send them um, just something that might let them know I'm thinking about them and I'm thinking about Hope Basketball and I'm thinking about their role. And, um, you know, we're only as good as our players. And, and I, I wish I was a magician coach and I wish I was as, as good as Dean Smith or Mike Krzyzewski or Tom Izzo or pick them. But, you know, we're as good as our players are. And so, you know, if we can inspire them to really, truly invest and put the time in the off season, then it just makes our life that much easier. So, I don't have a definitive answer other than they need to know that we care. They need to know that we have to uphold the tradition of Hope Basketball, which is incredibly rich. Uh, so many greats came before all of us. And so it, it's our job to keep Hope Basketball in the front of their minds. 
but yet it's so challenging, as I mentioned, because you know, these guys are independent. So, uh, you know, last summer, one of the big things we did is, is, is during COVID, even though we couldn't physically meet together, um, you know, we read a book together and we just, we met once a week and, and divided up chapters and just had guys talk about the book and, and just poured into each other. And we record kept all that information, use it during the season. Um, anything to keep guys connected, anything to keep them thinking about each other and, um, and just kind of pushing that big rock together forward, which again is, is not easy in our circumstance, but certainly uh, the big necessity here. And, and last year for yourself and so many others, you know, going through the whole off season, then beginning season, not even knowing if you're going to have a season. Um, and man, what a, what a challenge of, of trying to stay in, you know, even though you don't know if you're going to have a season at all, it's, it's just got to be mm -hmm. tough. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, being 20 years old and, yeah. you know, yeah. this is what I'm so passionate about. And you don't even know, yeah. you know, what, if well, you're going to have a season or not. And we thought about the, you know, the freshmen. We had, so we had seven freshmen in our program and would have had more. We didn't have a JV team last year just because of COVID. So some of the freshmen uh, weren't able to play. But the seven that we had, I thought about, my goodness, you know, their senior years were completely disrupted. You know, no proms, no real graduation, no. And then their freshman year of college was completely disrupted. And, I, you know, what a, what, what, a, what a sad situation for that group of guys. And, you know, now I, I think things are going to be better this year, but then I'm a little bit, anxious about the numbers and what's going on so uh we we crave for normal but again you know it, it just emphasizes how much the relationships matter and that they love each other and that we just got to rally around the purpose and, and hang together and make the best of it but uh, boy it's uh it has been a, a challenge to say the least 100 percent Con control the controllables um, that's right amen as a college coach what's something that you would want to emphasize for you know, high school players or the parents that are listening to this or even other high school coaches who, you know, are, are thinking, okay, maybe I am, or maybe I have a, a kid who's a college potential player. Mm -hmm. It's a great question. Um, I think the parents and kid maybe are a little different than the call the high school coach, but I guess the, the first thought is uh, maybe to the parents and the, and the players is just make sure they're very, very realis realistic and understand the landscape. Um, you know, I go to these AU tournaments with hundreds of hundreds of players playing each weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I think what is the number 3.4% of all high school players make it at the collegiate level, 1% division one, 1% division two, and I think 1.4% division three, those are small numbers. And, and I think a lot of times you know, maybe it's the AU mindset that I'm putting this time and money, I'm traveling, I'm, I've got, I'm an elite team. Um, therefore, I should be a college bound player. And it just, that's just not the way there. there it doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, and I think too many times there's that assumption that if I invest my money and, and, and uh, my time in the AU world, that it's just automatically going to happen. Now the investment needs to be in the work. The investment needs to be that that relentless, hardworking mentality um, is the ultimate key. And I think parents and, and especially the athletes need to keep that in perspective, because you know I, there are just a thousand different stories and different paths that the successful college athlete has had, and, and it doesn't necessarily run through AAU. It may. I mean, I you know I I didn't play AAU, but I didn't have it back in my day, and I certainly would have if they had. 
I'm in the same boat as you. I didn't play AU either, but I wish I, I wish there was a team for me to play on. There was AU. It wasn't nearly as big as it is now, but yeah, being in such a rural area, there's wasn't a team to play on either. Right. And and while for you, especially that would have made even more reason because maybe you didn't have the competition around you to, to, you know, sharpen you. You had to, it was even harder for you than others because no offense to the thumb, but it wasn't just a breeding ground of, of, you know, a wealth of talent. Um, And so a huge disadvantage, but um, I just, yeah, I, and I, I guess I've always taken this quote that success rarely finds the wrong person. And I think, you know, the hard worker, um, whether it's an AU kid or not, it's, you know, that's the ultimate key. And so, and it goes back to the other things that we had talked about, being a servant leader, being humble, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, no guarantees. And I think as far as the high school coach, it's important for them to keep that in mind too. Um, but I think the high school coach should probably get out to really immerse himself or herself in the college game if they don't have that familiarity and attend a practice, attend a game, sit in the front, like really see how big and strong and fast these players are. Um, because again, every, every high school coach that has a great player assumes he can make that jump. And it's just not an easy jump. There's so many things that will test them. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to insult the high school coach's mentality, but I was one. I had a lot of high school players that I thought could play. And that's not always the case uh, once you really get up, up close and personal at the college, le- the college level. Now, that's great information, I think, for a lot of our listeners. And yeah, I think from, I, I, in my boat, as I do more consulting, I am speaking with more high school coaches. But the predominant part for me is the, the high school player and then some of those parents that I'm trying to have these difficult conversations with um, and, and try to get their themselves in the right frame of mind with some of being realistic, having your realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And as you go through and you work with all of these players, um, you see that obviously talent is always going to help. Right. Basketball, it's nice to be taller. Right. We all know we all know that we, we all know the, the, the kids that are just more, you know, genetically blessed that are going to get more opportunities. That's the way it is. Can't do anything about that. But as a high school player. If you had to grade yourself on one to ten in how much you like to play, hmm. grade yourself on one to ten, how much you like to train the workout. And then grade yourself on one to 10, how much you like to compete, just getting after it, trying to, trying to win, whether that's checkers or basketball or whatever it is that you are doing, you got these three buckets. And I see a lot of uh, kids that really like to play. And I'm like, that's just one piece. You're, you're paying money and you're playing a lot of AU basketball games. And don't get me wrong, there is a, a competition aspect to it but it can be watered down because, Hey, I got a game in another hour. And then I got a game after that. And then I got two games on the next day, regardless mm-hmm. of, of what happens. So you're getting a lot of this play and maybe you love the play, but how much do you really enjoy the training, the getting after it in the gym when nobody else is around, mm-hmm. when there's very few people around, how would you grade yourself on a one to 10? Mm-hmm. And then you have that, that dog in you, right? That one to 10, how would you grade yourself? as a, as a competitor, when, when it's a, it's a loose ball, whether it's a shooting competition, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's five or five, anything, how bad do you want to win? And how much do you hate to lose? Hmm. And if that's not high, high, high up there, there is another kid out there with 
just as much God-given ability, who likes to play just as much as you, but because they like to compete at such a high level, they're not only winning in that area, but those kids I think that really like to compete, they're more likely to jump in the training boat, even if they don't really like training, because they want the result of being successful and winning and the opportunity, even if they don't really like everything that goes into it. And don't get me wrong, as a player and as a coach, we don't like everything that goes into it. It's it's work, right? So it's just important for us, I think, to be realistic with ourselves and, and with, with our kids because um, we want to see them succeed and, and do it as they want to do. But, but yeah. ask yourself, I mean, some of those things. I know I went a little bit on a rant, but I just see that a lot and I'm, I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I love the rant. I think you're, you're, you're spot on because, you know, even if two of those three, you, you got, you're at a nine or a 10, but you don't have that dog in you and, and the dog out there that might not put the work in or might not be as dedicated, that dog mentality is going to supersede yeah. your, your little puppy dog you have in you yeah. and he's going to get you. And so it's an unfair landscape. Sometimes you can be the most dedicated grinder in the world, but you know, when push comes to shove, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you're not the first instinctively diving for that basketball that's loose, or you're not, you know, busting your butt back after a turnover and making the next play, somebody else will. And that's going to be the difference between you playing and, and you sitting. And it's, it isn't fair, but we're all coaching to win and, and you got to put your best chess pieces on the chessboard. And oftentimes it's something as subtle as that, that is the, the X factor. And yeah. uh, that's, that's a great rant. I love it. It fires me up. Well, I, I can think of, I'm like, I'm literally picturing kids faces in, in my mind. It's nothing against them because they're <laughs> awesome kids and awesome parents and fun yeah. to work with. Um, but we all know there's players out there who they love to play and they'll work out and they'll do everything in the workout and they're, they're getting after it. Um, but when the lights are on or when the pressure's on in practice and, and things are getting heated, all of a sudden they just kind of shy, shy away and, and they just kind of disappear. And um, coaches can see that when you go to an AAU event and you're watching, you've seen a million games, you can see some of those players and that could be, the difference in not only you playing, but that could be the difference in whether or not you get recruited or not, even if you do have, you know, some of those other characteristics that may seem like you're, you're a college player. Um, coach, this has been, this has been awesome. Um, great to hear some of your, your coaching philosophy. Uh, I love the, the acronym GRIT. I know there's a lot of listeners that are going to um, adopt uh, some of that characteristics, uh, which, which is great. And hopefully we shed a little light um, on some perspective, you know, college players and some things that you like to talk about. Anything else that you want to mention before we shut it down tonight? Uh, I just, you know, to all coaches out there, I, I'm a, I'm a, a high school journeyman who ended up at his, at his college alma mater and just so blessed, but I, you know, whatever level you're at, uh, it, it's, it's the, it's the best game to coach. It's the best game to, relate with athletes and just, uh, you know, continue to, to learn the game and, and share the game because it evolves every year, every season, and uh, it gives back so much. So I, I'm just privileged to coach. Um, love being on the podcast with you. Love learning from you. Love, um, you know, spending time with you. And, and, and what you're doing here is just a, a great way to grow our awesome game. So keep doing great work, Crane. And um, it's just such a pleasure to be with you. I appreciate that. To all the listeners out there, thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. 
If you found this beneficial, hey, text the text the link of this episode to another coach or another parent, another player who you think may also find that episode beneficial. And obviously a positive rating and review goes a really long way. And as always, get after it today.